This is where Canucks conversation lives. With our first selection, we select from Tamra Elias Peterson. For fans, by fans. Quinn Hughes, Jake Vertanen. That speed, that power, those hands. The SCT Podcast, brought to you by Four Seasons Disposal. Here are your hosts, Tanbir Rana and Nam Man. You listen to SCT Show, presented by Four Seasons Disposal, episode number seven. I'm Nam, he's Tanbir. This is where Connects Conversation lives. So a big day for the Canucks, and relatively big, because there's really not tremendous amount that else has been going on other than losses. But we saw them lose Brandon Leipzig on waivers to L.A., and they also made a little trade with Toronto. Uh, we saw Michael Carcone be traded for Josh Lebo. Uh, what are your thoughts on the trade? Um, it's a, it's a, you know, this is a normal trade. I don't think there's... Much about Mike Carsoni. Yeah, that it's a really small do. move. He's an HL, HL player, um, maybe an NHL player somehow. If he's only 22 years old, so maybe he finds a way to get a bottom uh, six role somehow. But yeah, Josh Levo, don't know much about him. I heard he has a, has a wicked shot. Um, he plays in front of the net really hard, strong, big body. Um, a lot of positives from Toronto, but I'm not going to get too high on this because last time I got high on something like Brendan Leipzig. It burned me because this year he has been he had been a, a huge disappointment, and mind you that trade for Brandon Leipzig it wasn't bad they, it wasn't they bad gave either, a Phil yeah. home so yeah. it wasn't like a loss you wouldn't say yeah. that you know at the end of the day that was a loss trade and even the fact that they lost no waivers I mean he was given plenty of opportunity he got opportunity to play with even Horvat uh, he got some special team opportunity power play if you recall. Um, I believe it was was it was it one of these games the last last couple of games where it, um, I think it was against Vegas where they gave up that shorthanded goal late I believe it was well yeah he was a huge part of that not just that he said he did not get an opportunity to play many offensive minutes and all the injuries sort of hurt him and everything and I don't I don't agree that with that here. I don't agree with that because I think he's had a huge opportunity. He played with Bo Horvat a lot. He, did. he even had chances on the second unit power play. He didn't yeah. really prove anything. Um, really. If anything, he was on for that shorthanded goal that cost the that cost the game, the game right? That really yeah, cost that, the game. And yeah. um, there was times where like you know he looked good, but there was a lot of times where he's unnoticeable and. Man, I just expected more after what he did at the end of the last season. Like he had great numbers at the end of last season. Scored a beautiful goal on the Sedin's uh, last game at home, which did a spinorama goal. Um, yeah, it is what it is. But let's hope Josh Levo could do more. Yeah, there were also a couple other um, players that were on waivers earlier this week. Uh, one of them was sort of an interesting name. Valentine Zykov, he's a guy that Edmonton picked up. Um, he's another player who uh, did pretty well in the minors. Uh, he was a second-round draft pick uh, from 2013. Uh, again, from certain folks that were following Carolina, they had mentioned that he just wasn't really getting a lot of opportunity, offensive opportunity. He was most kind of stuck in the fourth line. Uh, Canucks passed on him, uh, didn't put in a waiver, uh, ended up eventually getting a guy who's sort of in a similar-ish role. Uh, any thought, any any feelings on uh, 
what uh, Zykov what what might be like. He did have 54 points uh, in the AHL, 33 goals. Um, I don't know. I think this is just another player that uh, <laughs> tweeners, that Ed- right? Edmonton just trying to you know. Hopefully, he has success with McDavid or something. I don't know. Um, I, he looking at, looking at the numbers. I don't really see anything special. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't even a point a game in the AHL. Uh, come to NHL, uh, had one like ten in his ten ten game uh, in ten game work. Uh, he had seven points. Yeah, he's not. He's just a fringe player. I think one of the the interesting players that was on waivers earlier in the week, and I don't know if the Canucks had a chance to get him, was uh, Nikita Sherbach. Yeah, yeah he was a twenty fourteen. 2014 first round draft pick. Um, people, some people were actually kind of surprised that Montreal ended up waving him. Uh, here's a guy who was injured for a big chunk of um, the year last year, but um, it did put up 30 points in 26 games in the AHL. Um, again, not sure if the Canucks would have had a chance to get him because LA um, percentage points wise was lower, and and so they have. Uh, um, the higher waiver priority, uh, but that I think would have been an interesting move. You know, um, again, we're essentially talking about minor pieces here for the most part, and I guess you're trying to get, you're trying to hope that you can get lucky, and um, you know, similar to kind of how uh, Vegas was able to pick up a couple of interesting pieces. Um, maybe one of these guys can hit, but again, it happens so rarely. That in the grand scheme of things, it, it probably doesn't make a big impact. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a long shot, these guys, right? And but at the same time, like this is kind of part of the reason why I personally didn't want to see the Canucks go out there and sign a bunch of these veterans because I'd rather take a flyer on these kind yeah. of guys. I'd rather take a flyer on uh, you know, someone like. Um, what Vegas ended up having, um, you know, with guys like Riley Smith or mm-hmm. Will, William Carlson. Well, those guys actually, oh, well, not William Carlson, but Riley Smith had some good seasons in Florida, right? Um, Jonathan Marshall is probably one of the recent yeah. big waiver yeah. fodder hits. Exactly. Right? Well, like Nikita Sherbuck, again, nothing really special here. Um, yeah, I do agree that I'd rather take flyers on these guys. Who doesn't want to find the next like, Alex Burrows, right? But yeah. hasn't, <laughs> hasn't Jim Benning been trying to do that his entire tenure here? Like, he has, he's signed guys Derek like Pugliot Derek Pouliot, Adam Clendenning, Tyler, uh, Lyndon Vay. Like, yeah. you can, the list goes and, and on. Not just signed, he's traded assets. With the kind of guys that he's trying to hit. He's trying to he's, take flyers on these guys. Yeah. Uh, hasn't worked out, though. Like, I think he's really trying to hit a home run, how uh, Vegas hit with William Carlson. But it hasn't hit with. Why did you just go after William Carlson, man? <laughs> if you're trying well, to make nobody players, knew that William Carlson was going to I know, up. but he's like trying to, like, if, like, you know, NHL GMs, they're, they're looking around the league, they're trying to find these gems, right? You, you, if you're an NHL GM, you have to know what's going on in Columbus with William Carlson. You have to know that he hasn't been getting an opportunity, and your pro scouts need to be looking at him and trying to, you know, find if this guy could, like, the Cubs have been trash for how long? You're telling me a guy like William Carlson, who's not getting an opportunity in Columbus, could find a way to get to, I know the expansion draft and all that stuff. But maybe if Jim Benning made a similar trade to like what he did with Derek Pouliot, where he got Audrey Padan and traded a fourth-round pick, and a lot of people don't like that trade, and some people do. Um, if the pro scouts were legit, which I have a, you know, I, I don't I like the pro scouts for. in Vancouver yeah. right now, obviously. Um, maybe they looked at William Carlson and maybe 
made like a trade like they did today. But it comes down to need, right? Like they wanted a defenseman in Derek Poole, yeah, and that's yeah. why they make the deal like that. Uh, for I don't I don't think that they're gonna just to go ahead and think that William Carlson is gonna end up being a forty goal scorer. He would have looked way smarter though. <laughs> there you know. I think uh, you know, and, and producer Raja with a really interesting point here. Uh, I think part of you know what a GM needs to do is have that foresight, and I think one of the th- the, the foresights that Vegas should get a lot of credit for is the fact that they realize let's just go speed and skill. And just roll the dice and see what happens. And clearly, the NHL, as you see, is starting to go more and more in that direction. And that's part of the reason why you see people like Carlson, who you know, who's kind of come da- back down to earth a bit, but he's still player, a really, really solid player. player. Really player. Um, and even a guy like Jonathan Marshall. So, I mean, he's been fantastic this year for Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see, you know, you're able to find those type of gems uh, when realistically everybody else was kind of yeah. not really there um you know it, it absolutely like you talk about the Derek Pouliot trade um from my perspective one of the things that was frustrating about that trade is the pick and I know people are like oh it was a fourth round draft pick which was a high fourth round draft pick right yeah. like bad virtually team. virtually it was a bad high team pick. so you virtually gave up a third round draft pick for him and I understand at the same time the odds of a third fourth round draft pick panning out and getting NHL games is, is low and all that but Considering where this team is in its growth and, you know, where we are in the rebuild, you know, I, I think these Derek Pouliot types are players that you can find on the waivers. They're, they're the players you can find in free agency late in the season. Um, in fact, even that year, the Canucks had, I believe, the second best chance on from the waiver front to be able to get Derek Pouliot. And, so to give up an asset for that, that's the thing. And, yeah. and, you know, if there's one thing that we agree on that it's the strength of this Canucks organization, it's their drafting. You basically took away another bullet from Judd Brackett, you know. Yeah, and, and exactly. I, I mean, and I know they, they announced the World Junior, um, uh, the, I guess, it, what is it, they're sort of their big camp yeah. of players that they're going to take out. And I know Canucks fans were a little pissed off that Jet Wu was not on there, but, you know, it would have been great to be able to have another pick. So we could have been pissed off about somebody else that didn't make it. What are your thoughts on Jet Wu not being able to um, make it to the next level for the World Junior Championships? Um, I was uh, hoping he would get on that team. Um, he was on like a, what? He's on a six-game point streak right now. Uh, yeah, he's, he's doing really he's, well. He has like what? I think it's, 16 I think it's a, points. 16 in like points, about 21 games, games or so, yeah. Which is solid. Solid. And remember, um, he's supposed to be that BXA type of throwback. Yeah, he's not this offensive, point point game type yeah. of defenseman, but he's doing he's doing well. Yeah, and his. Uh, and he started slow. Yeah, started exactly. off actually slow from the year. So. And his coach is the one that's coaching the World Juniors. Ironically. Yeah, which is. So maybe it's a favoritism thing, but at the same time, if you look at their roster. Sort of, it, I'm not concerned about Jet Wu. But the fact that his own coach left him off this camp, I think sort of some of it is that it, it is it is an older players tournament. Oftentimes, yeah. it's nineteen year olds. So he can and still Jet go Wu's next 18. year. He can still go next year. He okay. is eligible I think next, he'll year. Go next year. Uh, and, and and Jet Wu, keep in mind, is eighteen years old. He's turning nineteen in July of next year. Um, but it's it's an older players tournament, and and even though they did take uh, Callan Addison, who is also an eighteen year old player. Um, he plays more of an offensive game. Right. Perhaps they view him as someone who could perhaps make the roster and be a seventh defenseman for the power play. Yeah. So you're trying to kind of look at those niche roles. 
they've got a couple of the other guys that are kind of meant for to be the defensive defenseman type you know a guy like Noah Dobson um, and so perhaps when they looked at it they kind of realized okay maybe there's not really a spot for Jet Wu to be on this roster at this point I, I'm not too overly upset about it he was a long shot to begin with. Yeah. I'm happy that we got Michael D. Pietro on the team. Yeah. I fully expect him to be the starter. I'm looking forward to him. I'm excited to watch him be the starter. And, and even though it's a glorified tournament, you know, like it, nobody should ever take anything from this tournament and yeah. think, we oh, my God. About this, we, we talked, talked about, about this, this before, yeah. too. And yeah. ironically speaking, one of the other guys that we've done an excellent job of shitting on Finally did kind of come with a little bit of a, oops, I made a mistake article, Corey Pronman. Yeah, he <laughs> had an article in The Athletic yeah, earlier yeah. this week where he mentioned, uh, oops, there were a handful of guys that I didn't he, read the article, by the way. <laughs> oh, if you want to read an article which is just full of Corey Pronman eating a nice big dish of crow, that was it. Good on him, boo. Good yeah, on him good for on him, admitting yeah. where he was wrong. I would love to have him on the show just so I could just like ask him like what good on him you know uh, i'm 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 not sure he would last longer than five minutes on the show (laughs) right but uh good on him for at least admitting his faults and it was a really interesting read because it almost kind of gives you a glimpse as to why Pedersen fell and one of the biggest things really was that they focused a lot on international play and not enough on actually Pedersen doing what Pedersen does mm-hmm. playing for the home team and so the focus was you're basically trying to determine whether Pedersen is a stud on a few plays now luckily for us he had so-so offensively, statistically speaking, so-so tournaments yeah. internationally. And so because of us, you had some people that were just basically like, ah, I ain't going to waste my time and go to Sweden and watch this kid. And then you had some people that did actually invest their energy and their time to go and watch this kid, and they fell in love with him. There were apparently a lot of scouts that actually had Pedersen ranked number one in 20, the 2017 draft. That's crazy. Uh, which is pretty crazy, right? Because yeah. like, I know we didn't really hear too much about it, but there yeah. were whispers, the people in that Europe. were close. And, and Europe, people that watched him. It was it was almost sort of like anybody who took time out to actually follow him yeah. and watch him play was blown away. Yeah. Absolutely loved him. Yeah, with, uh, with the World Junior uh, Tournament, you, they announced a Canadian uh, uh, camp. camp. They announced the American camp because that one's a little bit more interesting to me. Uh, Tyler Madden, he's having a good year. I, I doubt Every he makes year. the team, but maybe if Lockwood, he gets the should, Lockwood, Lockwood should be back. I believe I don't know if he's Lockwood still can make the team. Can he? Uh, I, I know Quinn Hughes will be on the team, but then another guy, um, Jack Rathbone. I think he has a chance to make the team. He's got nine points in ten games as a defenseman. He scored a beautiful goal the other day. Uh, a, a clapper from the point. Lockwood um, unfortunately is not eligible. Who? Yeah, Lockwood. Lockwood. I knew. I knew he eligible. wasn't. Um, last year was his year. But uh, so Madden, Rathbone, and obviously we already know Quinn Hughes is going to make the team. But those two guys, they're bubble guys. You think that uh, both of them get on, or one of them gets on, or none of them get on? What do you Rathbone think? would would be an interesting guy to play, only mainly because here's a guy who probably really wasn't on the Hockey USA radar. Um, I don't believe he got invited to any showcase that they do usually in the summertime. 
Um, so he, if he's on the radar, if he's on, if he's on there now, you know, he's made quite a climb. Now, traditionally, like Hockey Canada, rightfully or wrong, uh, typically takes players that's kind of been on their radar. So I don't know if if U.S. hockey would do the same thing. But again, I'm hoping I'm hoping he's on there because he's been fantastic, especially with Adam Fox. Adam Fox is absolutely tearing, absolutely tearing up. He's his partner, right? He's his partner in Harvard, and he is just absolutely tearing it up. Oh, he's a smaller guy. He's he's actually the guy that Calgary traded in that Noah Hannafin trade, and they were scared that uh, that he's going to actually stay the full four years and he wasn't going to sign. They were convinced that Calgary was completely convinced that he's not going to sign in Calgary. Are you worried about Rathbone? Because he is going to Harvard. So the funny the funny thing is, I read this online earlier in the week. A lot of people are saying, okay, they're kind of afraid of Quinn Hughes whether he'll sign or this. I I think there's people were scared about Brock Besser. He's going to sign. He's going to sign. But the guy. That you could be and a Demko. little that Demko. Too. There was a lot of people that were afraid of Demko as well. Scared about all three of those guys. Yeah, I, I, first sad. of all, I hate this college rule. It's such yeah, a stupid rule, rule right? Where you have this loophole, you can invest your you know assets and time developing these kids, and they can just be like, oh, peace out, we're gone. Um, but they're saying the player to watch out for is actually Rathbone, and there is part of the reason why, because he went to prep school last year. He apparently is eligible for unrestricted free agency after three years of college. So no longer just the full four, he's three years and he can go peace out. So this is, he's done one year here. Apparently Benning has said that the plan is to sign him, not this summer of 2019, but summer 2020. That means that you're getting to that point where if he decides to go back to school for that final year, now, you know. The one thing about Rathbone, I could say, he has a relationship with Judd Brackett. He does. He does. He does have a relationship. And from and what he we've heard... To, he comes to the show, uh, summer showcases. Come, and he comes from, to every event for the Canucks. Yeah. So and from what we've heard, he's, he's apparently he's got a really good head on his shoulders. Yeah. Part of the reason why he actually stayed back was to help with his sibling. Um, and so you get the feeling that this is a kid who, you know, I don't think he'll try to... You know, I hope he doesn't. And at the same time, I mean, look, if you're looking around organizations that, uh, you know, need defensemen, yeah. the Canucks are going to be up there, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, if, shot. that's a, the one thing that. Well, is. yeah, but I mean, even then, like, you know, you can always have play guys in the offside, yeah. right? And, and, uh, our organization is an organization that that needs more defensemen. We've got holes, so unless he's got that American mindset, you know, which you never know with some of these college kids, I think it's okay. But yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a nervous summer if we decide yeah. to wait till summer 2020 to sign this kid. Well, it depends how this kid keeps doing because right now he is looking like a stud, and him and Madden both. Uh, Madden's be been to, fantastic. Yeah, Madden has been incredible. He's got two points last game. Uh, He's up to, I think, what, 10, 10 points? 10 11, 12. I think it's 11 and 12 now. Uh, 11 or yeah. 10 and 12, yeah. one of the two. Close to PPG. He's been really good. Yeah. Man, we keep going back to college, and like we just, like, yeah. that's a major strength for this organization. Yeah. Bracket does all that scouting in college. Right? I mean, even Lockwood, like, Lockwood, ha- he's, he's having a good year. And, and he, by the way, he's another player we need to sign. Sorry? Uh, Tony Utenen, he should make that Finnish team. I, I would imagine he Finland makes it. Finland loves yeah. them, apparently. He's playing, he's yeah. playing in, the, in the men's league right now, yeah. so that's really good for a fifth-round yeah. draft pick. Um, but Lockwood's another player that we do need to get signed this summer, and I would imagine I think he's he'll be a priority. Come. I think he will. Him and Quinn, I imagine both are going to be priorities for the yeah. Canucks to The best thing about the Canucks, them. they have so many American players that, it like, it's almost like it's a destination for college free agents. Like, 
Like, I'm not saying, like, just because you're American, you're going to want to play with a bunch of American players. But, like, like uh, Gaudet had a relationship with Besser before yeah. they even they did. played together. Yeah, you could, the, you could, if you went to any of these little showcases yeah. that Canucks always had with the yeah. prospect, prospect ones, the you could always tell they had, they yeah. had a relationship, right? They were, like, buddies on the ice. Uh, so, you know, that part of it, it was pretty interesting. Um, but, yeah, like, I would imagine Lockwood's going to be someone that, uh, that that watch will start and. And there's a player that I would that I really do believe. Like again, we're starting to see that high end talent come into the organization, but you need that next layer. And I think a guy like Lockwood can be a fantastic. He'll be a bottom six forward, middle six even. I think he's got the potential. Yeah. Probably more of a third liner than a second liner. But you know, those are the kind of guys that like, you're kind of like, hey, he, he's a third liner, but he can play in the second line. For Who us knows? In a maybe pinch. it turned out to be a Tyler Mott. You look at Tyler Mott's numbers in Michigan. He played for Michigan as well. It's yeah. pretty similar to. Uh, Will Lockwood and I like Tyler Mott I think he does a really good job of killing penalties Um, and he brings that speed element the Canucks really don't have but yeah um, there's a lot of things to look forward to in the future so Yannick Hansen Hey, that's a lot of uh, comparison. Yeah. A lot of people have made yeah, Lockwood. And one of the other fears was after his injury last year at the World Junior Championship, the fear was his, his physical game would go away. But apparently, you know, from been what I've been reading, it's, he's still yeah. playing that physical style. Yeah. He's still playing that, uh, that way. Uh, so to speak more about the trade that we had and perhaps another future um, piece to the puzzle, uh, let's bring in Steve here. St- uh, Steve Dangle from Sportsnet. Steve, this is Nam. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, so we um, just got a, a little bit of a trade earlier this uh, this morning. Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Carconi for Livo? Um, well, I'm definitely not uh, happy that the Leafs lost Livo. Um, I guess the, the one bit of solace uh, is that the Leafs got something for him. I mean. Uh, they could have put Justin Hall on waivers or Freddie Gauthier or even Levo on waivers, but uh, he would have been the third player that they lost for free. Uh, Calvin Pickard, you know, didn't prove to be a huge loss, but Curtis McElhinney is currently the Hurricanes' number one goalie. So I, I'm guessing that Dubas, after a little victory with uh, Nylander there, wasn't, wasn't looking to lose another guy for nothing. So at least he got something from the Canucks. Um, but I, I got a feeling he's going to be a player. Um, so it seems like you do see potential in uh, Josh Levo, and I've watched your LFRs, and you always said that uh, he uh, he never really got the opportunity. Um, you think he could, uh, uh, you know, do well in Vancouver? Well, he's on a he's on a twelve goal pace right now, and this is a guy who was on the second power play, but was primarily playing a little bit less than ten minutes a game and on the fourth line. So if the Canucks really give him an opportunity, I I think it's not totally crazy to think he can maybe push 20 goals uh, in the NHL. Um, the, the big problem is he couldn't get into games uh, with the Leafs in, in, in this year where they finally let him, you know, out of necessity because of William Nylander, but in this year where they finally let him, he finally turned into a Babcock uh, type of player. I think the problem was he was, uh, you know, used to being a top six forward and, and there was only a bottom six role available, and he wasn't so good at it, and he wasn't very responsible. This year, he's been a bit belligerent. He distracted Patrick Laine for an entire game and put him in the box and drove Laine nuts. I don't know what it was, but he really hated him. Um, he, he turned into uh, a depth player, so I, I think he's a guy who can sort of play up and down your lineup if you need him. 
Um, when uh, when you had guys had uh, Brennan Leipzig in the organization and Josh Levo, um, there was like a, a like a debate going on who they should let let go on the expansion draft, right? Um, who did you wanted to keep, and like who did you see have more potential? Because we saw Brennan Leipzig here, and he showed some promise at the end of last year, but didn't really do much in the twenty games that he played this year. Um, does Levo have more potential than uh, Brennan Leipzig? <laughs> I, I didn't want to lose either of them. Uh, Leipzig, I, I saw him in the minors, and and I thought that guy could really fly, and he drove play. Um, but you know, when you when you get to the NHL, you have less space. I think they're both classic fringe guys. I, I think I think what what gets lost sometimes is, you know, even if you're you know not a thirty goal scorer in the National Hockey League, you're still a pretty good hockey player. Um, you know, Brendan Leipzig. Uh, I mean. I, I haven't watched him as closely as you have this season, but I, I was surprised to see uh, he was put on waivers. Um, I think they bring two different uh, things. You know, one is a lot smaller, that's Leipzig, and the other is bigger and maybe a little bit more belligerent, but they're, but they're both so tenacious. I, I think they can help their teams, man. I think Leipzig is going to be a pleasant surprise for the Kings and maybe a bit of a kick in the butt for them because they're a pretty slow and uh, old team. And uh, Levo on the Canucks, I think he might surprise you, man. I think he might surprise you. And, you know, he primarily played on the fourth line, like I said, uh, a couple times now. But he found himself um, out with Mitch Marner uh, on, a, on a few shifts just by fluke. And uh, it was always magic. And Levo gives a great tip uh, going around. Marner set him up for a goal. And Levo just mouths, thank you, <laughs> because it was a gift. He's going to play with Bo Horvat most likely, I think. Uh, he's already jumped Jake Vertanen on the depth chart, which also frustrates me because I'm, I'm one of those guys that loves Jake Vertanen, and uh, um, <laughs> I think he could excel with uh, Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat likes to uh, take the puck to the net, you know, drive play. Um, I think it'd be a good match. Well, hey, I, I think, uh, you know, Bo, Bo Horvat would be an upgrade on uh, Freddie Gauthier or even Tara Lindholm. Yeah, uh, no offense to those players, so... so th- this, I mean, Josh Lee, he grew up a Leafs fan, and he, he was a soldier for them for for so long. It was crazy that he wasn't playing in any games and uh, didn't ask for a trade, and then it came out that he had talked to the Leafs about a trade, and he came out and was so apologetic. He's like, no, no, I want to be here. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to be too heartbroken if it means he's going to be playing with Paul Hornback. So, uh, Steve, one of the, the biggest news of the, of the weekend also uh, in, in Toronto was that the Nylander watch is finally over. What did you think of the deal? Well, first and foremost, you know, if we got a primarily uh, Canucks audience right now, I just I want to apologize <laughs> the Nylander watch on behalf of the entire greater Toronto area. Yeah, I, I know, know it was we, probably insufferable and... <laughs> Oh, I, we, I know we, you hated we it. might have heard about it a little bit it. out here on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust me, we hated it too. No, I, th- I think it's a good deal. Frankly, you know, after the fact that it took two months, uh, I'm surprised that number didn't start with a seven. Uh, I mean, it basically does, but it still doesn't. Um, the, the fact that it got done, the fact that it's still six years and it's not this silly bridge deal and we got it hanging over us again and we got to do this again soon. <laughs> The fact that he's going to be a leaf for a long time shows that really they got two big pieces 
left to figure out, and that's obviously the Marner contract and the Matthews contract. And once those guys are signed, once they're locked up, then you build your team around them. So I'm glad it's done. I can't wait to talk about William Nylander as a hockey player instead of William Nylander as a negotiator. Uh, I didn't get into this to, to talk about contracts. <laughs> I got into this to talk about the sport I like, and that's hockey. So uh, from the Canucks perspective, uh, one of the reasons why we were paying attention to the Nylander watch was Brock Besser. He's an RFA this summer, and part of the reason you're hoping to think is that perhaps this Nylander contract sort of sets the bar for Besser. Um, what are your thoughts? What do you think Brock Besser's contract could potentially look like um, in, and, and in comparison to what Nylander got? Ooh, that, that's a tough one. That, that is a real tough one. Um, one thing I would say with Besser, I mean, the Nylanders had a pretty clear bill of health. That, that injury that Besser took, I'm, I'm surprised he's bounced back as well as he has, and I'm glad he's bounced back as, as well as he has. Maybe a bit of a slow start. Um, Besser's a better goal scorer than Nylander. Uh, you know, pure goal score, wicked shot, and Willie's got that too, but the puck just doesn't go in as much as it does for Brock Besser. So does it set the bar for him? And I still think his might be a little bit higher uh, than Willie's, but um, if, if it's not too much higher, then, then I think you take it. That's that's a special player. Um, out in Toronto, center of the universe, and uh, uh, what do you guys think about uh, Elias Pettersson? I, I know... You guys are all, uh, you love you guys' Austin Matthews. You guys love your guys' Mitch Marners. Um, and I think those guys are going to get paid. And, and Lawrence Gilman, first off, he will get those guys at a good deal. I promise you that. He, is, he was one of the best guys here in 2011 when he built that team. He will get you guys a good deal. But what do you guys think about Elias Pedersen? Where, where are you at? Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed how many Canucks fans uh, seem to love Lawrence Gilman. It's been pretty encouraging. Um, you know, I, I've been following Pedersen, and I knew uh, that the hype around him was pretty big. I didn't really realize uh, exactly how far it reached, though. Um, so this summer, Matt Sundin uh, visited Toronto. Canucks legend, Matt Sundin. Um, he visited Toronto, and we got to interview him, and we said, you know, if you weren't retired, which two guys would you love to have in your wing? And he goes, well, let me think. Uh, Alex Ovechkin. And we just kind of laugh because, of course, he would. He just won the Stanley Cup, and he's Alex Freakin Ovechkin. And then the second guy he said was Elias Pettersson. And I go, okay, I've heard of this guy. What's going on? Sunday and explained how he'd seen him in Sweden. Each highlight is more ridiculous than the next. <laughs> and it's, it's not just a, about his skill. It's about the fact that he's, he's relentless and doesn't give up. That that pass from his knees, yeah, that, that was, was absurd. <laughs> and, and part of the reason that happens is because people go, there's no way. Like people are thinking hockey in all the scenarios that they've ever seen. And Pedersen is able to throw stuff at you that you've never seen before. So how do you prepare for it? Mm-hmm. The answer is you can't, clearly. And he's been dominating. Canucks fans should be extremely excited because it's not like he's going to peak in his rookie season. 
So as we slowly start to get closer to Christmas, the conversation slowly starts to turn towards the trade deadline. And I don't think we could have a trade deadline without a trade TANF to Toronto discussion. <laughs> what are your thoughts on what the Leafs need and if perhaps TANF is a fit? Uh, I, I like TANF. The only issue is, I mean, the Canucks aren't going to give him away free, right? He's going to be pretty expensive. Um, you know, the, the Leafs have done a good job of keeping the puck out of the net this year and um, they haven't been choking <laughs> on, uh, on as many leads. A two-goal lead feels relatively safe these days, even though they coughed one up the other day in Minnesota. They, they still came away with the win. But, man, this Ron Hainsey on the top pair thing, not feeling it, man. Yeah. Not feeling it. It's, it's unfair to Ron Hainsey. The guy is 38-39. He, he just cannot play that pace anymore. And there are so many shifts where he's He's, he's pretty much statuesque, and, and Morgan Riley's out there doing circles around him. You know, Hainsey, I think, is a good leader. He's a good presence, but he shouldn't be playing 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, sometimes 22 minutes a night. So a right-handed guy uh, of Chris Tanev's skill level would be fantastic. But really, if the Leafs can get a, even a decent second-pair right-handed guy, like, anything that is the slightest improvement on Ron Hainsey, it'll be a big addition. And, and I'll give you an example. What, one, other thing, one of the reasons I think they're doing better this season is they replaced Roman Polak with Igor Ozyganov. It's not that Ozyganov is great. It's that Polak was that bad, and all they had to do was improve on him. So they don't necessarily have to go out there and get the best player. They don't have to go out there and get a a guy of Chris Tanev's quality, they just need to improve on what they have, which I'm not going to lie, doesn't sound that hard to do, but I'm also not Kyle Lewis. Well, I think Eric Gabranza would be a great fit in Toronto, actually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> amazing fit. <laughs> amazing fit, yeah. We love him here, no, by the way. Oh, you know what, man? Like, I, I talked to Eric Gabranza when he was uh, on Team Canada and with the Kings and Frontenac. He seems like a great guy. Um, I don't know if his game is, is where the game is going. Uh, good leader. He's got a lot of facial hair per square inch. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not giving up on a first or second for that guy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Steve, for joining us. Um, Steve Dango from Sportsnet. Where else can we find you, Steve? Oh, buddy. Um, my YouTube channel, uh, uh, just youtube.com slash Steve Dango. Uh, the Steve Dangle podcast. We got a new one coming out tomorrow. And pre order my book. It's coming out March 19th. It's called This Team is Ruining My Life. <laughs> awesome. Great. Enjoyed uh, hockey in Toronto. You guys are living the dream right now. Hey, hey, don't spoil it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. Take care, guys. That was Steve Dangle. Uh, really interesting takeaway. A lot of good things that he had to say. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, he see, he sees like twenty goal potential on him, which is a good sign uh, for Canucks fans. Um, yeah, and uh, he, he uh, also you know loved that Nylander contract. So it was some interesting things. 
Yeah, interesting, um, interesting to see, like, you know, can that Nylander contract um, set up that Besser deal? So, I mean, we talked about a little bit about this Nylander contract, and, and you know, I, I do want to kind of, you know, talk about, okay, where this could lead to a Besser deal. Now, the interesting thing about the Nylander contract is there's essentially two numbers that when you look at this contract. There's either the, the 7.5 per year, which is essentially the contract that he signed on from a prorated perspective, or there's that $6.9 million per year number. And the $6.9 million number is essentially his cap hit starting from the next year onwards. A weird quirk in the CBA is that if you sign a, a restricted free agent, signs a deal uh, after the season begins, the cap hit in that first year is higher than the following years. And again, this is, I guess, meant to kind of prevent teams from manipulating the cap and doing a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We'll sign a little later. And so basically, Nylander, what he did sign was that six-year, $45 million deal. But because Nylander missed about a third of the season, the $45 million turns into sort of, what is it? I think it was about 42 and change or so. And so that's why um, the cap hit you know, when you look at it from that perspective, is actually a little bit less than seven. Um, I would love to get Besser in at seven. Eight times seven, sign me up. Sorry. The most I would actually want to give up for Besser, like, I want to get him signed. And I really hope the team and the agent and the player want to get this done long term, just like Nylander did in six yep. years, right? And to compare both both the players, I think Nylander's a good player. I, I think, think so. I think the potential is, 70 points somewhere where i think bester comes i think he's a 70 point guy as well like i really hope in his prime he's like 70 maybe yeah. 80 point guy Besser maybe a I think better that's, goal scorer yeah he'll be a better yeah. goal scorer but nylander may be a better playmaker sure. right um i think that i think they're similar players i think that the most i would want to give up is seven and a half million and with the cap going up to 84 million next year if you, you see that from gary bettman earlier yeah. and seattle is approved as well yeah um I think eight seven and a half million seven and a half million is for a long term deal. Eight for year p- deal. I think it has to be eight. You know the one thing I hate about the boat deal was they only went six. Yeah. Right. Like I mean, like you got. But they still have that in. one more year as RFA. No. So he can, no? no. No. They bought he out only UFA? Two, He's a UFA at age twenty eight. Damn. How, okay. how, how how like this is the thing that's frustrating. I think if you can do a better deal, you got to go with an eight. So year when deal. you go when he turns twenty eight. He's an unrestricted free yeah, agent. Yeah, he's going to ask for a he's lot gonna of money. He's going to get paid. That's but why I think the one think thing with Bo is, I think if, he's, if he keeps going on that, you know, because we were talking about this the other day. I think when Bo Horvat turns 26, that's when he's going to be in his prime. And that's when you got to find the four-year span where 26 to 30, because I think that's where his prime will start hitting. That's where you have to fight. That's the window to win the cup. But so the problem is, year. because the Canucks only signed a yeah, six-year no, deal, so it's an year deal, yeah. that... You know, Bo was basically like 28 years old, and he's saying, "Okay, I want one more big year, big deal," and and that's where you potentially have to sign Bo to an eight-year deal, which takes him 36, which you're just you don't you're have not, to give him that. Well, he's an unrestricted free agent then. Well, it all if you won't on do the production it, as well, right? You won't do it. Somebody else could. A lot of things can. could change. The Canucks could have another guy behind him. They could have a younger oh, guy a- behind absolutely, him. Right? Absolutely. I mean, this yeah. is all this hypothetical, yeah. but yeah. more specifically, the point that I'm trying to make here is that... There's also it, no trade clause on that uh, on that contract. I'm not saying trade Bo, because I'm, I'm one of those guys that loves Bo. I'm just saying... I, I, th- like, I think it's a no trade after... It's a friendly last couple contract. Years. I think it's the last couple of years. The Canucks, I would say from Besser's perspective, like, like give him eight... Um, and if it is eight times seven point five, so be That's it. That's solid. I, I, I but would, it depends. You I never know what Besser could be. 
Um, you never know. Like, what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't turn out to be that forty goal score you're expecting him to be in, in his prime? But that's the risk, right? Because I think it's one of those things where um, this is why I, I wouldn't want to see an eight times eight. Now he's starting to kind of you know pay out, pay quite a bit. But to me, it, it's one of those deals where if you can get him eight times seven or eight times seven point five, and he hits. You're going to pay a guy $7.5 million that could easily be giving you production that is worth $10, $11 million. Well, playing with that's EP. That's what you got to do. Playing with EP, you're expecting big things. That's what you yeah. got to do. And, I mean, even if you look at Toronto um, and, you know, Steve, you know, m- mentioned, in, you know, two big contracts that they still have to mm-hmm. uh, get done. Um, you have Matthews and you have Marner. And one of the, f- the, s- the scary things from, you know, a Leafs perspective is, Look, they may both say, "Hey, I want eleven million dollars." I think each. they're both going to want that, and right? I think it makes That's sense tough, after you pay Tavares eleven million. They're paying Tavares eleven million. They're going to have two of these other guys also getting paid eleven million. Plus, they also have Nylander getting paid seven. Well, six point nine is the cap hit, you know. And on top of that, too, they also have Anderson who's getting paid, and they have Riley who's getting paid. You know, when you add Kapanen's it all up, going to want to get paid. Captain is one. Captain, you know, it gets to a point where one of the struggles in the cap era is, you know, your window to win shrinks really quick when you have those type of and deals. Let's say you win. When you win, oh, then remember you when Chicago wins? Yeah. Absolutely. Like everybody just wanted the, to get the, paid even more. And, and even Chicago's window is really interesting because they were able to open extend it, it out and yeah. keep it open because of the fact that they were able to go out there and get Duncan Keith signed. For to a, a phenomenal deal. I mean, they gave him what was it, like 13 years and it was like $5 million each. And what really hurt them was when they had to go and get Kane and Taze signed to those $10.5 million deals. That hurts. Then they couldn't get yeah. Panarin done. And now suddenly your depth is taking massive hits. And the other thing that also really crippled that deal, that team was the Brent Sieber contract. And this brings me to the next point. The Canucks cannot miss on this next big deal. So we know that they're going to have to pay Besser. We know they're going to have to pay um, uh, Patterson. We hope they're going to have to pay Hughes, yeah. right? I mean, you want these guys to, to be really good and yeah. to hit. Then, you know, question is, does that leave much room for hopefully like one big free agent signing? And if you're going to go hey, shopping. If they get a good guy in the draft this year, um, I know it's early. You gotta have to pay that guy too, right? Like, it's just absolutely. It's just, I mean, like, it, it's one of those things where that's why the window to win so in the short. NHL it's so short, it's so small. Like, who knows? And like, Toronto could be good this year and they could be good next year, but then all of a sudden, those after contracts, that contract started in the yeah, books, you don't and know tight, yeah, right? I mean, things can be really like, ta- you know, this might be Tampa's last year, yeah, absolutely to, to win it Brandon because Point? you look. Did you? Yeah, Braden Point's going to get one to get paid. Yanni Gord just got paid. Yeah, they still got to pay. Uh, isn't Kucherov's deal coming off the books soon? I, I think they got Kucherov done recently. Um, Kucherov, yeah, Kucherov, they got done for nine and a half million dollars okay. starting next year. Okay. Um, that's that's kicking in next year. That kicks in. next So exactly, year. that's kicking next year. They got to get Point done. They still uh, have Hedman at a decent. Hedman, Hedman, they, they got done a while back, and yeah. uh, McDonough, they got done. And then Sergeyev's um, gonna want Sergeyev, to right now, he's got one more year left on his rookie deal before he's up for a new contract. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, at the end this of the might day, be, and Vasilevsky still needs to get paid. No. Oh my God! And Braden Point is actually on an, an RFA at the end of this year. Yeah, exactly. So they're gonna their window. Their window might be like their window might be completely. Yeah 
wrapping up uh, really sh- soon. And I guess that's why, like, if Benny is going to go shopping January 1st, and that's also why, like, enough with these plugger bottom six type that are just sucking up cap space that you just can't really afford to give up. Like, essentially, if you're going to win with superstars, like, hopefully the Canucks will have, you know, the handful, five, six core players that you know you're going to pay a shit ton of money, then you better have a bunch See of you want Nick Dowd cheap. In Washington? He's having a career year in Washington right now. That's that's what I'm talking about. Nick you better Dowd. Nick Dowd. And and what do we got? Jay Beagle. Yeah, that worked out. I like out Jay Beagle. Right? I nice worked out. He's a great guy. <laughs> I bet he's a fantastic guy. I bet he's a very very nice guy. Oh, but that contract, that contract's not very nice. And Dowd. that's the thing. Like the, you cannot you know have those confused? type of contracts. I get Nick Dowd and Adam Cracknell confused all the goddamn time. I swear to God, I saw Adam. Adam I saw Nick Dowd's face yeah. was Adam Cracknell. <laughs> like, I swear. That, that's absolutely there. He's having a career year, boys. He is. Seven points in 22 games, four goals, three assists. See, that's the thing. You need to get that type of production out of your bottom six. And guess what? He's getting paid, I think, like a million dollars, right? I think it's so, 900000 I think. Is it nine hundred thousand? Like, like how? Like that's exactly what you need. Right. If you're gonna be top heavy, especially when it comes to the cap hit, your bottom six guys, your bottom end of the roster needs to be a bunch of guys making a million dollars, giving you crazy value. Yeah. You can't afford any more of these middle guys getting paid four or five million dollars. And so, you know, if the Canucks are gonna reap the benefits of that small window, they're gonna have to cap manage things. Very effectively. Now, speaking of this small window that the Canucks have, um, they've lost uh, 12 of their last 13 games. Uh, they've been a bunch of really close games. And let's jump into the NAM stat. NAM stats. The NAM stat of the week is going to be something that's pretty simple. 50%. 50% of the losses that the Canucks have had um, over the last uh, 12 games have been one-goal losses. So that's good. That means that they're playing in these tight games. They're playing uh, close games. And that those are good losses. Those are positive losses that I would consider. Um We've got a little clip here that we would like to play, something that I could not agree with anymore. Sportsnet 650 here. Talked about the Canucks and the, the general consensus, and most of these guys were scouts either in the NHL or in the Q. They said the Canucks are in a position right now where they don't want to be too good. They, they want to get one more guy, just like Buffalo has done. So all those one-goal defeats that have happened this month suddenly become one-goal victories, as is happening with the Buffalo Sabres. And, that was Ron McLean on Sports on 650, and I could not agree any more with them. These one-goal losses have truly been one-goal wins. You want a team that's playing close, but just not quite there, because honestly, they are missing that one more piece, that one more stud that's going to put them over the top. And the best thing about it is, again, you give, out, give it up this year, you continue on this team tank method, you get another high draft pick, and not only are you going to get another top five pick coming to the organization, you're also going to get Quinn Hughes. So in reality, you're kind of from what you're seeing here, a, a team that's playing a bunch of really cl- tight, close games. You're going to get two really good assets. Well, maybe and that doesn't talk about Orlevi either. Yeah, Orlevi exactly. Right, Yolevi. by the way, Nick Dowd, 
$650,000 cap hit. That's crazy. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic move by Washington. And, uh, oh, Great move ca- by Washington. What's the cap hit on uh, Jay Beagle? I think it's what it's uh, you know four three three million dollars <laughs> for the next four years. Great. Yeah. See, this is why Washington is also the reigning Stanley Cup. Yeah, champion. exactly. Very smart. But yeah, uh, but back yeah, to the games. Back to the games. Close games. So we were in it. Um, we've had a couple of fumble and bumbles come third period, and again, that's something that the Canucks are going to have to try to um, close up that leaky third period. Um, they've given up the most number of goals in the third period. Um, but it's it's exciting hockey, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know what to uh, call this because, uh, like, watching the games, like, you know, I'm team playoffs, and uh, that Vegas game, man, like they they deserve to win that fucking game. Like they were in that game, they played like great for a young team. That's young team problems. Right They're down there. three one in the They're, third period, came back, tied it three three. They come back, tie the game. Besser gets two goals. Pedersen makes an incredible play off his knees. Um, and uh, they have a power play to take the lead at 3-3 now. They have a power play to take the lead. And I'm like, it's coming. A Besser shot or a Pedersen goal is coming. Let's go. Rubbing my hands together and everything. Getting getting, getting, getting ready for... Getting uh, those playoff tickets ready. Getting ready for that, uh, that, that, that lead. And the second unit power play comes out. I'm just like, where's Vertanen? <laughs> where's, <laughs> right where's Vertanen? Yeah. And I see Brendan Leipzig out there. Yeah. And it's like... Former Canuck. Damn, Brandon Leipzig's out there, eh? And Jake Bertanen can't play ahead of Brandon Leipzig. What kind of bullshit is this, Travis Green? Come on. And uh, and they give up a shorthanded goal because Brandon Leipzig and Marcus Granlin uh, blow their assignment. They start moving up the ice, think of the, thinking they've won the battle along the boards. Goldobin starts moving up the ice. And I don't blame Goldie for that because he's trying to yeah, find he, open... He was, uh, he's think he's thinking offense there, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and guess what? It's in the back of your net. And that that game gets away, and then the Dallas game, the Dallas game, one nothing. They were winning one nothing. Minutes to go. They're playing. They're playing. It was boring. I'm not gonna lie. It, it was, was fucking boring. boring. Yeah. But they were winning the game, and okay, they tied the game. Unlucky, you know. Could have been goalie interference, whatever. And then, then Michael Delzato thinks it's okay to move up the ice and not cover his man, even though the puck's nowhere close to going and getting out. And he blows his assignment, and boom, it's two one. And I'm just like, oh. Michael Delzato, come on! Like th- he is the you know he is the t- tank commander. I feel like can't believe still in the lineup. <laughs> tank commander, but uh, you know what? These are good losses. Yeah, I don't mind. The they don't the hurt day, as much. You know, you want them to stay close. They're staying close, and this is getting us closer and closer to that. You know, top five pick, and I know it's painful. I know it's we've so been very painful, patient, man. but you know what? You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You got to keep getting those assets in there, and there's high, strong assets. Just remember, this is not just about getting you know a potential top three pick or or so. This is also having the highest pick in all other yeah, sequence rounds, rounds yeah. afterwards, and so that is going to be something that's going to be really helpful for the Canucks as they continue towards this rebuild. That's all good. (laughs) All right, folks. Uh, You're listening to the SCT show presented by Four Sins Disposal. I'm Nam. He's Tanbeer. This is where Connects Conversations lives. Thank you so much for joining us. That's a wrap.